let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Good evening, folks. Thursday night babble. We are back, myself and Jonathan. Um, I am already a bit delirious. Uh, Jonathan knows why uh, I feel like I'm on a different planet at the minute because my little tiny son decided to wake up at 3am last night, folks, just for the pure crack. And then at 5am, he decided to ride his truck around the living room for an hour and a half. I am so glad you said truck. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) He is not going on a date tomorrow that we've heard him. So, um, yes, I'm very, very tired, um, but I would never miss the Thursday Night Babble. No, sir. Um, so we are here, myself and Jonathan, we are here. There has been a lot of European action this week, Jonathan, and there is still some going on now as the Europa League and UEFA Conference League are kicking off their the later games. Uh, but we're going to focus a wee bit, a touch on some of the Champions League highlights um, that happened so far. On the first round of group games there, uh, look at the Feyenoord documentary that we've both watched. I've watched two episodes. I think there's three out now. And talk about a bit about Harry Potter, <laughs> uh, that yeah. famous football football legend. And then obviously finish off a bit of randomness, chat about Guinness and whatever. This is a Thursday Night Babble. Anything goes on a Thursday Night Babble. We've no guests this week, so we can, we can, we can misbehave. Jonathan, how are you though, Jonathan, before we get into this? I, I am well. Um... I'm starting to think that Finn is a vampire. Finn, yes. 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 I, I think... Um, now, he could be a certain type of vampire. He could be a bad one, or he could be like them ones out of Twilight. No one. I think he's like the wee one out of Transylvania. Oh, dear. Yeah. Good show. I think good show. It is very, very good on it. In fact, one of, one of the better ones. Uh, it's probably underrated, I think. But it's a very, very good show. I think that's what he's getting on. Like, um, yesterday I wake up calling in a full day of work and in a podcast later on that evening. Nice. Um, but as we said, John, the Champions League and Europa League and UEFA Conference League already have come back. They have begun again in earnest. The group stages have started. Um, and we had some mad results in in Champions League so far. Uh, lucky young fellas. Beat United uh, on Tuesday night, much to everyone else's enjoyment. With lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, we had uh, Chelsea, who weren't amazing, but managed to get over the line. One uh, 0 win through Lukaku against Saint St Petersburg. We had uh, the Super Galacticos, the Monster Squad, heading to Bruges and getting stifled by Club Bruges. That's PSG, obviously. Uh, last night, Liverpool. The fun time Reds were back, Jonathan. We'll talk about them in two minutes. Uh, giving everyone palpitations. Uh, looked comfortable, then looked sloppy, then looked comfortable again and won the game 3-2 against AC Milan. And then last night, um, 15 people went to watch Man City beat Leipzig 6-3. Uh, Fuck. Is there in, a tennis racket, bro? <laughs> in the Champions League. I, I, I jest, obviously, but 
I'm sure everyone has seen now, Pep Guardiola has issued a rallying cry uh, for fans to come and cheer on his tired boys um, when they play on Saturday against, I think it's Saturday, against Southampton. Just to touch on that, um, ah, that's really weird, isn't it? I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm so tired. Please, please, please come listen to our podcast, please, fans. We need you to come <laughs> listen, please. Because Phil's so tired. Phil is, Phil is so tired. <laughs> it's. I think Pep, like Pep, was obviously used to to the madhouse that is Spain and, and obviously Barcelona and Catalonia, and then he goes to Bavaria. When German fan culture obviously is starting to be on the rise even more so, and and they're doing a lot of good things there. So there's packed houses um, as he's, as his Bayern Munich are marauding marauding through uh, the Bundesliga and whatnot. And then he turns up the Etihad with Man City, who who do have a, an unbelievable core. Like they do have a strong core fan base that have been around through through the dark times. And a main road used to be unreal, used to sound unreal. And he turns up the Etihad, and and uh, every week he looks around, and there's there's empty pockets, or unless it's the Derby or whatever, or Liverpool or or, or Arsenal or something that's packed out. And he's probably thinking, still like. What is going on here? For him to be issuing a rallying cry so early on in the season as well is oxies. Mm. If it was um, maybe going into a second leg Champions League semi-final, you could maybe look past this. But I mean, he, he can sit there and call for as many City fans to come as possible. But like, I mean, there isn't that many, so it's going to be hard, Pep, to to fill the the Etihad or City of Manchester. I don't. Or, I, I don't you know. know if you saw this. But I saw a couple of tweets today about it. Well, I don't know if it's true or not. That there apparently there was a Man City fan that has bought a, a couple of thousand of seats. What? Yeah, at um at the Etihad. And I don't know why this is a mad rumor, but this is the Thursday night babble. when I think goes, and so that's why their attendance record always looks like it's a it's a it's a good one in, compared to the stadium size. Whereas really, really and truly, it isn't that packed all the time, and there is empty pockets all over the place. Mm. Uh, yeah, let's be honest. Some somebody at the club or either a city fans put that out there to try and make their club not look shit. Um, yeah. I don't believe that for a second. Like who, unless it is the guys at Oman City, who could afford to buy that many seats in a stadium? Like, come on, no, yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Like, it would be Arsenal, mad, Arsenal, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, like we we are shit at the minute. Like, but our fans still go to the game. Like, you know, the Emirates is still majority full. Like, I just I just don't believe that for Man City. It's just, they're not they're not an attractive team. And I don't mean that in the way that you know they don't play good football. I think I mean in the fact that the likes of Chelsea, West Ham, Spurs, Palace, you know, Arsenal, all in London. Tourists want to come over and see London and maybe go catch a game of football. Like, no one's going to Manchester for a holiday. Let's let's be honest, they're not. Um, unless they're like a diehard Man United fan, but no one's gonna go see Man City. Like Pep's gonna go. Um, how long has he left? A year, two years? Yeah, well, that's what he yeah. apparently he had said in an interview with ESPN in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's no real like their kits are shit and their everything's about them shit. It's weird like, because obviously Ch- Chelsea. Chelsea and Man City, before they got got their their owners they have now, were two storied clubs in England. You know, didn't have amazing success, obviously, 
But you know, there were two two decent ish size clubs out yeah. in England. But Roman Bramwich has taken over Chelsea obviously so many years ago. But now there does feel like there is something there. You know, there's a like not a, a culture maybe the wrong word, but it feels like there's something there. A warmth even. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it just feels cold and dead with Man City. We say this all the time. They're just so unlikable. What what is that warmth? The Chelsea is that John Terry slipping his hand over your leg or something? Or? No, there's not. But you know what I mean. There's like because they've been there for a while now. But even and, and City have been here for a while too. But you're still thinking uh, nobody, whatever. There is still obviously the, the fans, and we all don't. We don't want Chelsea to win and whatever and blah blah. Because uh, that's fans. Uh, that's what the football football's about. Like having rivalry with with your mates and our, our family members with us. Mm. But there's still like a a respect thing. For Chelsea, they're still like, well, do you know what? Yeah, that's okay. Whereas for Man City, there, there just isn't. There's a real coldness. Like, there's a real, like, soulless about it. I think um, it, potentially maybe because of Bramfish got in there first and was able to grab a younger generation of fans to, you know, start supporting Chelsea. And because they are one of the mega rich clubs in the world, not just in England, you know, they're, they're attractive for, for people that are growing up now or even over the last 10, 15 years to support Chelsea. Um, let's be realistic. You know, people might, well, maybe a wee bit younger than me that have started supporting Arsenal have supported Arsenal because maybe their their dads or, you know, their granddad or something supported Arsenal and have put them through it for the last couple of years whilst Chelsea have been successful. And let's be realistic. That's what young kids will you know, follow, it'll follow successful teams, successful players. We've touched on that before, that, you know, young ones now seem to support more players than, than clubs. That's just yeah. just the way it's going. Um, but I, I, do, I do get what you mean about Chelsea. Um, and let me just make this very clear. I have no respect for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do get what you mean. Like Chelsea have been there. They've been established. They've won the Champions League twice now. Whilst Man City have come along and they've won the League Cup every year, which is great, fantastic for them. Um, they've won a few league titles, but the, I don't know. It it just seems to me that they're a bit boring. Like they go out and they spend stupid money every summer. I don't think. It, I, I think. I think. Yeah, Eddie had is part of factor two. It just feels like a big soulless bowl, yeah. where Stamford Bridge to look at. Feels like there's a history and tradition there, not even to do with Rambridge, but you know, it just feels like there's something there at Stamford Bridge. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them old grounds, like it's just one yeah. of the old English grounds. Yeah. But and like yeah. just before, I think it was a lot of years before Bramfish came in. Like, I think you've probably seen the, the old pictures of the saying Stamford Bridge is basically like kind of closed down or something. Like, there was a lot of problems there, um, there's been a lot of work done to it, but yeah, like it's one of them old classic football grounds in England. Um, and that's definitely a, a major difference um, compared to Man City. Um, Man City's the Etihad is like the Etihad complex, isn't it? You know, their training ground and all there, and it's just mm-hmm. a big mad place of sports now. So, but they're, I don't know, like it's like you say, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. What's what it is about Man City, really? You know, it's I think maybe because of Man United being there, and they're the team we kind of see in Manchester, like. Even if you recall, remember when Robinho was saying for City, he thought he was going to United at one stage. <laughs> and then he didn't realise there was two teams in Manchester, um, which is kind of funny. But 
it's I don't know they're they're just a, an odd club and I know they've done a lot of good things in Manchester itself but yeah they're just they're just one of them teams that like when we play them now it's not I don't kind of get the nerves that you would get say playing Chelsea or you know United or or even Tottenham to a degree because they're your local rivals you know it's just yeah it's Man City they'll probably beat us but you know there's no nerves playing them I don't I don't it's not that I don't fear them because they will obviously have a great team and have tanked us plenty of times over the last couple of years, but they're just so blah and boring. And I, I don't know if that's the way you feel. Like the kind of are trying to have this rivalry with Liverpool when it'll always be Liverpool and Man United with that rivalry. You know, City are just like mm-hmm. that annoying little brother trying to get in on the action with the, the older ones. But I, there's, I, I just, I love obviously. The games are good now, especially with Pep and 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 Klopp helps that like, but it'll never get close to the rivalry between Liverpool and Everton and Liverpool and Man United. It it mm-hmm. just won't like um the the other side of Manchester, as we touched on earlier, there just uh, we can't we can't look past it. I mean, we would be doing ourselves a disservice. Absolutely. Um, they were they were beat two one by young boys mm-hmm. of Burn. Mm. Um, and like yeah, obviously when you look at it and you look at the size of the two clubs and, and whatever you think that's a shock, but you're still looking at it going, well, I've seen Ollie do this before. Mm. I think um, I think um, Mr. Steve was very pleased when not now. I don't mean very pleased that Wambasaka got sent off, but it probably backed up his theory that Wambasaka is the only weak link in the Man United team. Uh, that was it the night after we done a podcast this week. He got sent off, so yeah, yeah, um, quite, quite, um, quite stitious, as Michael Scott would say. Um, I mean, it's it's hilarious. I can only laugh at it so much because I mean, we're not even in, in any European competition this year, so there's only a certain level of degree of laughter I can <laughs> I can have. <laughs> you United. can afford, <laughs> yeah. Um, when I seen the editor one that up, I kind of just checked to see who scored and seen it was Ronaldo, and I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Um, but I have—I don't know if you've seen it, but I've kind of been enjoying the back and forth between Carragher and Neville on Twitter during the week. Uh, obviously, Gary and Neville put up the video of him laughing after Ronaldo scored, and then Jimmy Carragher has <laughs> like edited the the photo of him to make his face look like real stupid after the yeah. boys the winner went in. So it's been good crack. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it shows, does it show a bit of Solskjaer's flaws as a coach that, you know, he couldn't even, and I suppose the the winning goal for young boys, you know, I suppose that's not really, we can't really put the blame on Solskjaer there. That was just a, a brain fart by Lingard. And one, <laughs> I mean, that's a player who fully deserves everything he gets for that because he's just a wee dick. And I was just so glad nice. to see that he done that. Um I don't. I don't know what what your opinion is on on Lingard or or the game the other night. Like, but it was it was fun. It was fun for a while until I realised, you know, we're not even in the Conference League. So, but fuck it, um, I'll laugh at them anyway. I, I on Lingard. I I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't mind him when he's at West Ham, but he. Well, obviously, Liverpool fan. Anyone plays for United? No thanks. But that's just healthy. Uh, I didn't mind him at West Ham at all. I think, and he's been through obviously a lot too away from football that he's come through. That wasn't like that. Him doing that's not on Solskjaer. 
But the fact that Solskjaer absolutely poo-pooed his panties when they went down to 10 men, mm-hmm. when they still had so much more firepower than Burn, they had one shot in the first 25 minutes and then they had one shot after it. Did I see like a possession stat? Which was it? Was it like 78% to young boys? Um, I don't know. I think it was quite high, yeah. They had them penned in. They had them penned in. Uh And he made, like, uh, and look, Steve, it'd be, Steve will comment more on this because he's a minor fan. He he will talk more and comment more on this here Mm. after the weekend. Like, but my thing to be a United fan, and you need to be worried when you say this when you're not a fan of the club you're talking about because they'll just think you're being biased. But, uh, Besiktas last year, uh, they obviously, well, that Barcelona team put them out the year, the year before that. There's been some few times this things like this has happened in the league where they've just looked really inept. He gets to a point, Solskjaer, where it seems to be like they seem to go with Solskjaer as a fan base of extremely high. Like they beat Newcastle four one at the weekend, and and that was great for them. Ronaldo was back, and there was there was a lot of over exaggerating on that result though. They did well for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Newcastle had ample chances to cause them serious problems. Yep. Against Wolves, they were battered. Battered against Wolves. And then Mason Greenwood, such an unbelievable finisher, wins the game for them. Um obviously Leeds played in Leeds and Man United was we knew what happened there. That was decent from them. Leeds played in their hand, but they did very, very well and um beat them really comfortably. And what was the other game? The other game was... You have to remember, Europa League finally... Like... Europa League final Villarreal was the other one. The other one in the yeah. league this year, they weren't great. Oh, And they came yeah. through it. It's... Yeah. It's... Uh, are they Drews? It's... People have exaggerated because of Ronaldo signing and the brand signing and the Sancho. Sancho needs to do something very soon because there's people starting to realise he spent... This club spent 70 million on him and he hasn't produced anything yet. Varane has looked quite good in some moments, certainly, and Varane is, we all know what Varane will give you, but I think some people, maybe this might have been a little bit of a wake-up call for some people as well, some fans maybe to think about it, well, hang on here, yes, we do have Cristiano Ronaldo, but there are still certain flaws and problems there, and also, and I really can't believe fans don't see this, our manager can have some great moments, like when he comes up against Pep in the derby, but it seems to be in real crunch, crunch, crunch moments, he doesn't seem to have an answer or he tries to give too many answers and he muddles the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought as well, like, uh, the line he came out with about the, the, the uh, Jonathan Lee pointed out in his brilliant piece in The Guardian, the line he came out with where he said about the referee, you know, young, inexperienced referee, maybe not fit to handle the pressure or whatever it was of the job. I think, hang on a minute, Ollie. You know, you were given that job because you you played for Manchester United and you were, there, you were starting there free. You weren't very experienced yourself, do you know what I mean? That line yeah. was nonsense. And he, he said about the referee, you know, he could have evened it up or something. Like, uh, referees don't do that. Just, oh, hang on. I'll give you a, a red card in the second, first half. So I'll give I'll give young boys a red card in the second half here because, you know, we'll need it up. That That's not how the things is, work. So. Is he trying to be like like Fergie? Is that is that kind of... To, when you said that to me, that's kind of what came across to me there. Is like Fergie used to bully referees for games or even halftime. Oh, or he was the master at it. He Absolute was the master, master at it. Like, and Solskjaer was, is nowhere near that. No. 
Um, so yeah, maybe a little wake-up call. We'll see how they react at the weekend. Obviously, Manchester United against West Ham. I said Chelsea look stumbled, but they got through there in the end. Then they didn't. Chelsea have are joined top of the league. Well, there's three teams on level on points at the top of the league, uh, and obviously they have Lukaku, but they haven't let up any games or you know just as yet. I mean, they beat Aston Villa three yeah. 0 but Villa had a lot of chances. Me and Brenton watched that together, so. There is still a lot to come from this Chelsea. Brent will hope anyway. I hope this isn't just a a, a a moment where actually maybe hang on this Chelsea team isn't functioning and it could get cold. So he'll probably he'll hope obviously that there is more to come. And, I mean the European champions and Thomas Tuchel will get that sorted. And then last night the fun time raids were back, giving everyone palpitations. Um, First time you've played each other at Anfield. Like that was strange. Yeah. 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 It's mad, like, because everyone just associates us with those two finals. Hmm. Um, the what do you think? Excellent, excellent for for twenty five minutes, and then just dropped off. And AC Milan were excellent then, scored a superb equaliser, and then got a great uh, goal to go in front. And then it must have been a case of getting in at half time, club settle everyone down, and never came back out, and they were really comfortable in the second half, and probably should have went on to win. Um, Maybe four to four for two, maybe five two would have been a bit much, but maybe by a couple of goals. But to get the win in that group, that group Liverpool is, is deadly. So to, to get it, you need to start off with a win, especially at home, to get yourselves up and running. So really, really pleased, pleased to hear Anfield bouncing. It made such a difference compared to last year, and um, yeah, an enjoyable first week for the for some of the English teams anyway in Europe. One of the other notable results, though, Jonathan, was Club Bruges, Club Brugge. <laughs> Yeah. Um, stifling the monster squad of Paris. That was nice, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, I would say mm, maybe maybe not the best considering young boys beat Man United, but it was probably the second best result in the um, group stages of the Champions League this week. I mean, yeah. you get a point out of that team. Um, amazing. Like I was very glad to see it. Uh, I was keeping an eye on it for the last 10 minutes to see kind of maybe PSG would sneak a a last-minute winner or something, which they didn't, which was very nice. Um, but, I mean, it just shows you could have all the best players in the world on your team, and it doesn't guarantee you results um, in the Champions League this year because it just... I think it would... I did say it last year about um, the semi-finals and even the final, that it was kind of a bit of feat for football in a way, but them winning the Champions League this year would, would really be a real black mark on it. Um, it's just that the whole PSG project doesn't sit right with me. Um, and we've talked about Messi going there before, but it was just nice to see them get kind of not get their own way. And I would say, I don't know how much, how many minutes Messi's played at PSG in the league, but there's no doubt. I think maybe you mentioned it or was it Steve at the start of the, the season that Messi, I think maybe it was you got, we'll get a rest. More so this year because of Barcelona, they relied on him so much. Whereas PSG yeah. can afford to rest him in the league. So the Champions League is mm-hmm. probably where he's going to see a lot of minutes. So, um, yeah, and delighted for Club Bruges. And can I just say, FC, is it Sheriff? Is that how you pronounce their name? Yeah. Yeah, they're top of their league or yeah, top <laughs> oh, of their group. Scored two unreal goals as well. Yeah, I thought that that was very impressive as well. Like, if if PSG had won last night, then I would have said that that other result was probably the result of the night. Um, 
uh, a group that contains Inter Milan and Real Madrid, you know, for them the top it's, is brilliant, you know, at this stage. And, and they're currently fourth in the Moldovan National Division as well, by the way. Hmm. So there you are. Yeah, that's class. Um, right, we've, we've talked. We've been too serious there for too much of this podcast already, Jonathan. So yeah. let's start. Let's start mixing things up. Well, we'll have to be serious, but fine. Or documentary, but whatever. Johnny. On Monday night, I announced to the world the three teams that I hate, and I actually got a few questions from a few listeners regarding really? it. Oh. Yeah, wondering, wanting to know why. Like I hated like people like Craig Shakespeare, and it's just because was his wee face. Um, but <laughs> no, it's not. I just, I just, I just, I just couldn't stand. I'm watching Leicester and Napoli at the minute, and I, I need Napoli to score. Um, your turn, Jonathan, and you can't pick Spurs because I didn't pick okay. my United because okay. Spurs too easy. Yeah, there's three so teams. It might not even be three teams. It might, it might only be one of the team. Who do you hate the most? Who is it you really can't stand? Do you want relegated? Who do you want? Yeah, relegated. Um, do you want me to do it in order of like three, two, one, or no? Do it whatever order comes into your head. Um, I really fucking hate Brighton, which some of you might know from our <laughs> intro last year. <laughs> Fuck, I hate Brighton. I really fucking hate them. Um. <laughs> now this I know this this does not stem from the game that the last game Guendouzi played for us uh, <laughs> it's before that I just fucking hate Brighton they're just such an annoyingly bastard team and the annoying fucking players I got Mopai guy fuck I hate him he is so annoying um, they always seem to get like a sort of half decent result against us even at the Emirates fucking hell they are so annoying um, and then Graham Potter just looks like some kind of Little like weasel doesn't like dome. Um, no, not not a fan of Brighton. Uh, we'll put them as three. Number two. I mean, I think it's too easy to say Man United as well because like that was kind of the rivalry for me growing up. Uh, they're just always kind of there in the background and, and annoying. I think they all know that, don't they? Man United fans, they're just they're just annoying. Um. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you one I do really fucking hate. Like, can't stand them. And I'm very, I'm going to, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to apologize to him because fuck him. Chelsea, hate them. Would love to see them relegated. <laughs> fucking would love to see Chelsea relegated. Bastards. Cannot stand that blue shape. Half your family would be devastated, sir. Sure, fuck them all. They're all, yep, they're all blue noses. All blue noses. And... I think I don't think I need to really explain that one. I think it's self-explanatory why I hate Chelsea, um, and I think that I, I don't think there's any other teams are really despised. Like Man City, I really have like I've said earlier, I have nothing about them. Like nothing I feel towards Man City. Uh, Liverpool, I can't say I hate Liverpool. I don't like playing them, but I mean I can't I can't really say I hate Liverpool. I really. No. Um, Same the same with Arsenal. I, I like when Arsenal lose because I like to see you in pain, but I don't have a hatred for Arsenal. Thank, I thank don't. you so much. Yeah. Can I, can I, I tell you someone I actually don't like? A player now? Um, Amy Martinez. He's really. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe. You don't like Amy Martinez? Yeah. He started the bug me. Like, every interview he does now, it's, it's always bringing it back to something about Arsenal. Like, you know, you got your move, Emmy. Like, get over it. You're in the Argentinian team now. 
you know, you won the Copa with, with Messi. Like, why are you so focused on Arsenal? Like, get a grip. There was kind of a wee, I suppose, you know what, fuck it, Aston Villa, fuck them too, I don't like them either. Coming after you were supposed to give three, summer. you're on four now, and you've you've mentioned, I think you've mentioned five or six. I wasn't, well, I, wasn't mentioned... I wasn't counting man yet, I wasn't counting. All oh, right, okay, all right, sorry. Like, they're just, they're, well, that, that's you know, a given, I think. Yeah, that's a given. It's absolutely. a respectful, hateful lo- hatred, though, towards my United. Yeah, well, they hate us too, like, so. Yeah, yeah, um, they there's obviously the rivalry with Liverpool from like the eighties and stuff, especially the late eighties. We mm-hmm. did we t- we did talk about that on a podcast recently. So, yeah, I mean, I can't really say there's a lot of teams in England that I kind of like. Maybe maybe Newcastle. Like I kind of like Newcastle. Um, Do you ever want to see another English team win a European trophy? No, absolutely not. I don't want to see an English team win anything, or Arsenal. I See, I didn't, I didn't mind, I, I didn't mind Chelsea winning that Champions League, um, and, and just because obviously was the emotional ties to it. Yeah, your family uh, with, with family is fine, but I, I like, I don't want to see any English team win the Europa League. <laughs> no, no harm to them, uh, like, or the Conference League. No thanks. Personally, when I got to the semi-finals last year of the Champions League, I was cheering on Real Madrid. <laughs> I know you were, and that didn't work out at all. Um, Nothing. Even in the final, I kind of wanted Chelsea to crash and burn, and unfortunately, that didn't happen either. Um, like I never wanted to see them win anything, and it's it's not it's just it's not because I hate them or anything. Like I think, you know, we we shouldn't want to see like and my dad has a completely different view on this. Like he he would like to see all the local home teams do well and succeed, especially in Europe and stuff. And I'm just like, no, not at all, no way. No. Like, I don't want to see any of them do well. Um, no. it's, just, it's just the rivalry, you know. And I think it, and you can have that rivalry in a healthy way, but, I mean, not in the way that when we talked about Leeds and Man United fans going out and battering each other in the open day of the season, like, I think that's going too far. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with friendly banter and not wanting to yeah. see rivals like, win anything. I, I have a, a, a colleague in work, Joe Ventus, who supports Juventus. And I want to see Juventus beat all the time now, so I can chase him around the yard and annoy him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I want to see that happen all the time, and every game I want to see them beat, so I can do that. Same thing tonight. Celtic were playing. Wanted to see Celtic beat, so that I could slag people I know from Celtic and, and have mm-hmm. the crack with them. And and likewise, if they'd have won the game, uh, you you can have the crack and talk about how they won won the game as well. Rangers want to see them beat, so I can slag people I know about them. West Ham won. Meh. Uh, Spurs drew a rain, so could give cousin Ben a bit of a dig if I wanted to about that. Do you know? What I mean? Do you know what I mean? That's the it's it's a healthy rivalry. We don't. I don't want trolling. I don't like trolling, but I don't mind having a conversation with someone and still having the odd, the odd wee dig. I like. I even like getting the odd wee dig the odd time. Do you know what I mean? Of I was like, you ah, do. yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But I also obviously love getting it in the most. Um. Uh, on so we were uh, to t- to move it on, Jonathan, from um, teams that we hate. We, I mean, we could have done a four-hour episode really on that. To be mm. fair, uh, mm. on both of us, um, there the football documentary about Feyenoord is out now on Disney Plus, and we've both watched. And I've watched two episodes. Many of you watched two. Yeah, I've watched two, two as well. Okay, so we're at the same point, and I think there's another one that's probably out now. So I might watch this tonight when I'm at it in this podcast. 
Um, it's on Disney Plus, and, and it's like one of those ones you see, like you know, Amazon Prime and stuff. Do it's that sort of remit, you know, in behind the scenes mm-hmm. of the clubs. And but what I love about this one is I wouldn't have a clue what Dutch football looks like. It, all, all all I yeah. would think of was that it did PSV, Feyenoord, and Ajax, and like a, a PSV and Real Sociedad on the TV now. Uh, that that class stadium in Eindhoven. Colour would have remembered it from the Champions League. Then you have the the keep the Kuip or um that final playing, and then you have obviously the Amsterdam Arena. PSG has just mm-hmm. scored to. But what really struck me was they went to play a game in the league, and it was the ground was like an Irish league ground. Yeah. The changing yeah. rooms were like, and that's not a disrespect to Irish league ground because Irish league I know from working it last year and and I'm going back to this season, um. The grounds are the grounds are great. The the, state, the facilities are good, standard facilities. Like I've been in these change rooms, they're really good standard facilities. But it took it. I was just shocked, you yeah. know, to see like thinking, oh, hang on, what? And not not and nothing all wrong with, but it was a real like sort of like real like sort of grounding type moment. All right, okay, this is definitely different than watching pampered superstars. Uh, drive in and all. Now they still do drive nice cars, drive in fancy cars, get pampered everywhere and lift it and lift. They just still do get that to an extent in PSG, but it, it just feels like it's not as that and it feels a wee bit more closer to home or, or something. Did yeah. you get that vibe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think if you, you find it interesting at the end of the second episode there, I can't remember the name of the young guy's he, the young guy's name, sorry, he signed a new contract and he said yeah. his ambition is to go on and be the highest paid transfer for Farnor to move to a bigger club. Like, that's his ambition. So, I mean, in a way, I kind of thought that was a bit funny. Like, he's kind of been like, he wants to leave Farnor someday, but you can kind of understand that in a way because we, we were used to watching, I suppose, the Spurs documentary and Man City and seeing behind the scenes there and these big, you know, world-class facilities, world-class changing rooms. And you're um, seeing an away game for Farnor and they're playing like somewhere down Lurgan Park or something, you know, like the chasing rooms just look so so basic. Um but that's just that's just, you know, the difference with the money that's in, in England compared to, to Holland. Um it's mad and I, I know I know what ground you're talking about. I think it's actually an artificial pitch, isn't it? Or three T or something. Yeah. Um and it's just it's it's crazy, like but I mean, I texted you yesterday and said Fire Nord's training complex was absolutely amazing. It was stunning. I didn't realize that was their training complex. It was unbelievable. Like, um, even to play your football for Fire Nord, and if that's where you stayed your entire career, like, like I'd be personally happy enough. Like, I mean, it, looks <laughs> yeah. like, it looks like a, an amazing football club to play for. A, a, a nice city. Um, and, and you're you'd be well off. You'd you'd be you'd be a happy man. And in a way, it kind of the way they're telling the story about the team. Oh, sorry, that's my Apple Watch talking there. My apologies. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me a wee bit of you know the situation with Arsenal. You know they're looking to rebuild again and have a team that that challenges. And I know they won the league wasn't a lucky years ago. Dirk Kite scored, and uh, it just it's just it's a really nice documentary. It's 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 just something different and seeing you know all this amazon you know makes it look so fantastic and great and this great story and all these training facilities that all these premier league teams have it just kind of reminds you what maybe proper football is all about uh 
see, seeing the pubs and the bars and stuff. It was like it was in the second episode there today that yeah they, they go to a pub that's normally bummed with Far North fans and your man actually seems to get a bit of emotional. He's all like, I'm going to just take a wee drink of an espresso here. <laughs> I just thought yeah, it was, just was quite nice. Crying. Yeah. But uh, the, the, only, the only criticism I would have of the documentary, and I know it can't be helped, but the, the American voiceovers, you know, they, they were showing a Fire North game where they were watching the fans. Oh, I just put it in subtitles. Yeah, well, oh God, it was terrible. Like, um, they're, they're saying things like Americans would say, and you just know that's not what they're saying. Like, they're going absolutely yeah. berserk. Like, yeah. this, this guy needs to be in the bin. Like stuff like that, like there's no way touch fans no, are saying that shit. Get it on, get it on the subtitles. Get it on the subtitles. Yeah, I, I might have, just have to do that because yeah. the the American things was doing my head, and to be honest, <laughs> the well, I think as well I noticed you, you touched on it. Uh, I think it was Newfal Banis. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his second name. The young star coming through it at Feyenoord. Yeah, the Feyenoord managing director is getting interviewed, and uh, an interviewee is he's asking some pretty straight questions like he's wanting to get answers out of him and one of the one of the questions is um psv and ajax were able to sell their players for 10 to 15 million i think it is euro more than you're able to do sell yours why can you not sell your players for that that higher price which is such a mental thing to hear mm-hmm. because we can we support two clubs that wouldn't wouldn't live, don't live in that remit anymore. You know, they're two of yeah. the so-called super clubs in Europe that that have money to burn. That you know that conversation just wouldn't happen. Well, we need to make sure we sell these players for. Uh, we need to get the, the most money we can for these players. Well, you need to get the most money, but we need to get the highest fees we can get for our players so that we can survive. And you, mm-hmm. you're like they're talking as well because the pandemic's hit that if they don't hit these certain targets or get certain players moved on they're going to go into 10 million debt then 15 million debt then 30 yeah. million debt and then that's it they're going to have to close up and I was like what this is what and it's just obviously because we're so used to as we say the Premier League and our two clubs and our, well the four clubs of everyone that's on this podcast not not living in that world and it was just a real moment where I sort of think wow to hear that I think this is a, what Amazon, they won't, but Amazon and likes and Netflix should do more of now. They should tap into clubs the like Feyenoord are a big enough club. Everybody knows who Feyenoord are, but clubs yeah. in leagues like that tap into them so we can hear the other side of it. The non Super League clubs, do you know what I mean? Tap into mm-hmm. Real Betis, say in La Liga, uh, tap into uh, Burnley or Brentford. In the Premier League, you know things like that, so you can hear that, so you can actually hear maybe a half sensible side. Do it in the Championship Club, a half sensible side of how things go. The Leeds one was very good now on Amazon Prime, and um, but that's the way I would go down it rather than I don't necessarily want to know what goes on in Paris Saint Germain and you have all the money to burn. Yeah, I kind of in a sick way want to see how the struggle is real. Do, <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? So yeah, I, I love yeah. it. I I really enjoy the documentary. Did you? It was actually must have been the same ground. They were interviewing. Is it is it Dick Avocat? Is that how you say it? Dick Avocat, yeah. Um, they've done a post match interview with him. Uh, it seemed to be like outside, and then when he was yeah. coming back in, he had to like put his head down because there was like a big pillar going across like the doorway where he has to go back into the ground. And I was like, yeah. it's just insane. Like you know that is proper. Like you say, it, it is something like the Irish League, like the type of ground. Um, 
it's it's a real really good documentary and to be honest it's kind of put me in the mood to get a fire orchard um so, i am the same i'm the, yeah. i'm glad you said i am this i'm the same santa claus is coming in a couple of months i think it's 180 days jonathan and um 120 is it not 100 days, days? Just, is it 100, 100 days now christmas mm. did i not see that i think i seen that today on a... maybe it is 100 days but it's, it's close anyway so santa's on his way so um, that could be the purchase. I always like to ask for one thing at Christmas, and it usually is I ask Sarah for a football top. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's maybe what maybe what will happen. But yeah, I I I'm loving it. I highly recommend it to anyone that has Disney Plus or can get Disney Plus to check it out. It's it's a good one. It is a good one. Yep. Um, before we finish up talking about Harry Potter and Guinness, just a little note that's come out of the Times Sport tonight by Paul Joyce. Pep Guardiola has been urged to stick to coaching by a leading fans group after questioning why more Man City supporters did not attend the game against RB Leipzig. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I suppose not everybody feels safe going to football stadiums at the moment. Because of COVID. Yeah. Like it could, could be part of the reason. Could be. Or could be that they just don't have the fan base. Mm, that could be also. Do you think any others. city fans that were city fans now, now, uh, possibly looking at um the new shiny Portuguese star that's at the other half of Manchester, and has mm. maybe moved back to supporting Manchester United? Do you think that's a thing? Um, I mean. I, I know what happens, uh, not just with United and City. Like, um, there was obviously all the kind of slagging about Chelsea fans then going to Sports City and then back to Chelsea when they won the league. Now, I don't know. Like, I know there is. I know personally myself one City fan, like a proper City fan who has been a City fan like his entire life. Um, but then again, he did grow up in Manchester, so that, <laughs> that that's probably why and moved over here. Um, Bar that, like you don't see many Man City fans. Um, I've seen a couple of kids with with Man City kits, um, but bar that, I haven't really seen seen much of it. Um, no, like I, I would say so. Like I would say there's probably a lot of a lot of ones that have now went back to Man United um, now that they've got Ronaldo. I, I mean, I I do know people personally that that are going to to Man United games to see Ronaldo and. Like in a way, I can kind of understand that. You know, he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and he's very close to home now. That they're probably taking the opportunity to hop on a plane and go see him before he retires. Can can totally understand it. Um, but uh, I I personally don't feel the need to go watch Ronaldo. He can bugger off as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he can root himself. Johnny, what's the? This is going to take a turn now, folks. Uh, this podcast from football to. Uh, I have no idea where this is going. Uh, so just strap yourselves in and enjoy crack for five minutes here. Yeah. What's the best Harry Potter film? Oh, he didn't tell me about this one. He didn't tell me this question was coming. That's difficult. And to you have a wall answer. You also have a Harry Potter one. Boom, Russell. I, I do. It's, um, it's, it's Severus Snape's wand. Are you, were you a Snape fan? Because my sister adored, adored... Alan Rickman and adored Snape, uh, which says a lot about my sister. 
Um, but she adored Alan Rickman, the actor, and then obviously she loved that character. Were you a Snape fan? I think he's great. Yeah, you I were think, too, um, Weasel. <laughs> I just think um, some of the some of the scenes he's in are, are fantastic. Um, Teresa is a big fan of um, the caretaker Filch because <laughs> <laughs> he he has a couple of scenes. I think it's in the last Harry Potter film where he like runs into the Great Hall and he's like, students out of bed. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's great drama. It's great drama. Um, but yeah. I I didn't enjoy, oh, they're all great films. I was winding up during the week. They're all, they're all, they're all brilliant. And I love them when ITV or RT decides to put them on. It's going to start soon, I think. They always seem to do it towards autumn, towards into the winter. Oh, you've just they're missed on a Saturday, Saturday evening. Oh, have they been on, on all, have they? they? They decided to put them on over the summer for some strange reason. Uh, uh, they were on a was Saturday ITV? evening. Yeah, it was ITV. ITV yeah. Uh, RT yeah. will do it, but if not, I'll, I'll get them. Like, uh, I love watching them uh, and going through them all. I nearly must do it every year. The, the, the final ones, obviously, there's more drama in it and, and whatever, but I really, really enjoyed the earlier ones. And you know what I loved? Like, when they go into... Uh, the town going to the shops and they go into the town and they go and get school books and they're, they're on the train. There's I don't know. There's something about that that I prefer that side of it. And then when it gets to the darker stuff, I'm just like, here we go. But it still is brilliant. Like, but yeah, I think my favorite one is probably Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, Prisoner it's of Azkaban. It's my favorite book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm currently reading the books again. Um. So I'm on the Half Blood Prince at the moment. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, I have to say, there's things, you know, there's there's the parts of the books that I really wish were in the films. Um, like there, there's a, a chapter I was reading yesterday, where Voldemort comes back to Hogwarts and has a meeting with Dumbledore and basically says he wants to be a teacher, and Dumbledore is like, well, nah, mate, no chance. This was kind of before he was, you know, who he was, you know, big Lord Voldemort. He had started to get some Death Eater followers, but he wasn't as big as what he what he has turned out to be. Um, and I really wish they had to put that in, in the films. Like, I think that would have been a really good scene to kind of see that. But, of course, they had, you know, they're stuck for time and stuff, which is understandable. But, I mean, there's, they're just, there's great films, great books, very easy to read as well. You know, if you're looking at something just to read at night, that's not going to take a lot of effort. Some books take a lot of effort. Like Lord of the Rings, for example, is just, I mean, they're great books and great films. But I mean, like, you really have to, you know, understand some of the words that you're reading. Like, some of them are quite difficult to even pronounce if you don't know what, what you're doing or if you don't know what these words mean. Sorry. Um, what my favorite film would be, I really loved The Goblet of Fire, but over the years, it's kind of not been my favorite. Like I would say, Prisoner of Azkaban definitely um, is right up there, and I love the Half Blood Prince as well. I think it's a great film. There, there's just there's some great characters in Harry Potter. Like um, I know a lot of people have told me in the past they don't like Harry Potter, never seen it, which to me is just strange. I don't understand that. But you probably knows. hate those people. Yeah, in a way, like I love all the nerdy <laughs> stuff, like the Marvel, the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, love it all. Um, some people think it's weird and whatever, and that's you know their opinion. Like, I think but people that watch. You see, these... you see, the thing with that is right. Uh, the people have their opinions. That's fair enough. You think that's weird, whatever. 
But things like Harry Potter, which we both obviously watch. Marvel, I love Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, but I haven't watched it in ages. You lose yourself in those things. It's like sport too, and even though sport is real life, you lose yourself in those things because they're mental and they're mad and it's full of imagination. And I, I don't, I don't watch. I don't really like reality TV. Don't mm-hmm. really like. It. Sarah will watch it and that's fine, and and she'll watch Married at First Sight, and I'll catch a little bit of it. Despise Love Island with every inch of my being. Despise it. Despise the producers of it. Despise the way the show's done. Despise it. People watch it because it's it's a uh, it's chewing gum for the brain, and that's what like Harry Potter and these things will do for you. They'll take you away to somewhere else, maybe for an hour, or if it's a film for two hours, and um, we can go somewhere else in your head and enjoy it. That's why, I, if someone says to me, um, "I can't believe," and I've been guilty of this too, so I'm a hypocrite. Can't believe you're watching that. You need to, like there's people watch it so they can. It's a release. Do you mm. know what I mean? So that's why I yeah. will throw myself into something like Marvel or Harry Potter. That's why I do throw myself into Harry Potter and run through all of them almost yeah. every year because it's like, here we go. But mine, as I said, mine is Prisoner of Azkaban. I'd love to do the Harry Potter stuff in London. I've been to that uh, train stop at Pancreas Station um, that everyone Apparently, goes to. the one in Florida is meant to be 10 times better, but then again, everything's meant to be 10 times better in, in America. So <laughs> yeah, 10 times I, I, bigger. Yeah, I totally get what you mean there before about, you know, people saying, what are you watching that for? To me, I kind of feel like people put on a bit of a mask that deep down they probably do enjoy this stuff, but they don't want to be seen like, oh, you're nerdy or, you know, stuff like that. Like people kind of have to look like they're cool. Whilst, Mm -hmm. you know, it was years and years ago, I kind of learned myself to be myself and enjoy what I like and not really care what other people like or what they don't like you know if they don't like it fair enough um if they want to hide behind you know their mask and say oh i don't like this because it's not cool and people will think i'm weird work away you know yeah you kind of get to understand you know yourself when you get older that you know the things that people think are cool when you're 13 14 are really not cool and you know being yourself is more important than enjoying things you like rather than listening to a certain type of music because your mates enjoy that music and maybe you don't um it's just it's just stuff, stuff you learn when you get older and you get a bit more mature um which we all go through that process like i listened to stuff when i was younger because my mates listened to it and they thought it was great and to be quite honest i thought it was shite but i was like yeah <laughs> yeah man fucking dj oh, fucking Vinny in I the have. house yo I have um disco- like not discovered but I've started listening to radio we've started listening to Radio X and work. And I we we get through the Chris Moyle show and then afterwards it's just basically no repeat music up until four o'clock. So that's what you want. And it's all indie. And I forgot how much I loved indie music. I f- yeah. I literally I forgot how much I loved like uh, the Cortinas, the Libertines, Razorlight, Coral, mm-hmm. um, uh, Pigeon Detectives. <laughs> Forgot about all this because when I was at uni, we were we constantly went to indie clubs, and and then like I even fell in love for it even more, especially when you're in Liverpool, and in England it's such a massive scene. And it, and, and as you were saying, I'd have been listening to stuff that was 
Maybe more dance music and things and think, ah, yes, it's dead on, but there was nothing could catch my imagination as much as indie music does. So it's funny that you said that. You sort of listen to it because your mates are thinking, ah, that's class, I dead on. But you really, you're deep in thinking, this is horrendous. Like, I remember yeah. going to CTS to own a coach, pardon me, in Banbridge, so coach nightclub in Banbridge. Years ago when he came, uh, the first time he came over, and it was a big deal, and there was far too many people for a start were riding the coach, and it was it was scary, but... I remember thinking at one point, because I was talking about this the other day, actually, this is shite. Mm-hmm. And then leaving that room and going into the a different room that had different music on just because I just there was too much of the same thing. But you do those things when you're younger, obviously, because you try and fit in and you try and blah, blah, blah. Whereas now, like me now, I'll just do what I want. You know, I'm 33. Yeah. I'll just find whatever I want to do. Like on the second captain's podcast today, they were talking about uh, the Champions League and they're talking about uh, heavy metal within Klopp and then uh, they're talking about death metal <laughs> and they're talking about Slayer <laughs> and as yeah. I, I was coming through and I'd finished the podcast I clicked on I was like Slayer have I heard any Slayer before now I didn't know Slayer were fucking death metal alright I didn't know the crack mm-hmm. holy ghost like but years ago, I'd just been like, nah, I'm not even going to look at that one. I had that full boot in the car coming through Port Around. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> this is nuts. Uh, this is absolutely uh, nuts. But you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, like, anyone oh, there's, there's who's listening to this podcast, I would always tell them, first of all, you have better things to be doing than listening to Lord Isle Boys, especially Steve. Um, he only so jokes, Steve. He, he's old, but he's very, very beautiful. Um on a podcast and second of all do and listen to whatever whatever you want do you yeah. know what I mean I, I yeah, kind of wonder now you, you see a lot of youngsters now now I'm saying youngsters like boys are probably in their early 20s like fuck I'm old now, um, that I work with in Tesco like and I still have them on Instagram and all of there and they're going to these concerts like we're just it's just noise you know it's no one nobody's singing nobody's performing <laughs> it's just a guy playing fucking music <laughs> off his laptop and I'm just like how the fuck do you enjoy that? I really want to go and see Sam Fender. I love Sam Fender. But I we were in Belfast last week with work and Jay Cinnamon was playing. I'm not Jay Cinnamon fan, but Jay Cinnamon was playing. Obviously, he's a very talented musician. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people, obviously a lot younger than me, heading in that direction. And I as I was walking out the train to come home and I was just thinking, nah, you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather go home with a woolly blanket, watch, have the heating on, watch Crab film was there. I need a pizza. Yeah, it's kind of like. Do you remember that episode of Friends where Ross and Chandler are meant to go out with Gandalf, their mate? And yeah. Like Chandler's all like <laughs> saying like all this stuff. I want to lie up with him with his blanket, whatever the fuck he says. Yeah. Like I'm 28 years old. God damn it! Like that's kind of like where we are in our life now. We are just yeah. more comfortable coming home to our comforts. You coming home I, to your I'd rather go son. to. I'd rather go to the, like, I mean, you went to the pub in the town to watch football and it's nice and quiet. Not nice and quiet, but it's just s- civil. People are having the crack. Maybe someone puts up on the jukebox, but it's civil enough. People, as I said, people are having the crack rather than go and stand at a concert or go and listen to ma- mental music. It's just not for me anymore. It's just, it's just not, like, it's just not what I want to do. Like, but, no. um, this podcast has take a turn from football. Um, we finish up Guinness. Now yes. we're going to be doing the podcast together soon. We are, and there's a reason for this, Jonathan. Tell the people at home what we're going to be doing because this podcast could be lit. 
<laughs> well, the people on a couple of that, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I have got my hands on one of the Guinness Nitro Surge kits. So if you don't know what it is or haven't seen it, it's basically a little device now that Guinness have brought out, which you put on top of the can. And it basically pours it like a pint out of the pub. That's pretty much the whole point of it. Um, mine is arriving tomorrow. So I will be testing it out tomorrow evening and trying to pour the perfect pint. And some Thursday night, very soon, me and Phil will be coming together to do a podcast in the same room for the first time in probably nearly two years. Yeah. And we will be enjoying a sweet pint of black nectar whilst doing it. Oh, sir. I'll probably have to take the bike and cycle home like a lunatic, and I'll probably end up going to McDonald's. Uh, Drive well. through on the bike. That's <laughs> all right. Sarah doesn't um, listen. She doesn't know, so it's fine. No, nah, she won't know. Uh, unless Bretton tells her. But yeah, that they're, they're all the rage now. Surge cans, surge cans, and things that Guinness aren't. It's almost like, can't go going to the pub anymore. Let's do it at home. So I hope, Jonathan, that it tastes absolutely delicious, sir. Well, if it's anything, going by that video I sent you on Instagram today, oh. they they look they look pretty um pretty good. They look like they're going to be worth the money anyway. So pretty, pretty, pretty good. What way do you do your Guinness can at the minute? Um, forty five degree angle. Yes. Yeah. Now I know a lot of people say I just tip it up, side down. Um, I think it gets too bubbly that way, so I don't bother doing it that way. I just do it at 45 degree angle. I've watched videos on both, but I think the 45 degree angle work, works better. I used to be fascinated by how my dad did it when I was younger. He And he used to show me how he did it. Like it was, tipped it, as you said, at an angle. And he take he takes so long over it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it was probably one of, this is years, and, like I was still in probably just at the age of primary school. The cans were humongous. Mm-hmm. All right, there were big cans, and then it was proper big pint glass. The way now you can get the, the smaller ones, and he would tip it in and slow it. And then there'd be the the thing at the bottom of the can, you know, the rattle, yeah, whatever. Was... Yeah, tip it in and whatever, and then it'd be finished. And he'd let it sit. And he'd go go and probably go to the toilet, come down, or come back into the room, let it sit. This would be during Liverpool game and, and like uh, uh, European night, probably let it sit beside him. And then it takes so long over it. And I would just be fascinated because I, me, I'm just like, give me a drink, it's gone, bang. Everything, food, I eat dinner in two minutes, lunch, hoof it into me, I'm doing whatever. Whereas he would just take his time. I used to be fascinated by this. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the surgeon and to see how it tastes. I'm sure it will taste lovely. And sure, if it doesn't, we'll just go to the pub and bring the podcast with us. Um, That's an idea. <laughs> I think that'll do us for. This week's Thursday Night Babble. This is a wee bit of a longer one, but we had a, a few things to get through, obviously. Um, folks, thanks so much for listening and all the feedback. Everyone seems to be enjoying the Thursday night uh, as well as uh, as the, the normal podcast too, Jonathan. So I think we're on something here. Um, catch all of our stuff on our social media channels that I've been trying to run this week because Brenton's been on his holidays, but I just don't go near Instagram because it's no good. Um, oh, on the Football Babble, you'll, football babble and you'll find us on Twitter and instagram uh get us on all your podcast apps just look for the football babble and you'll find us there you see our lovely photo which we'll get steve added to soon and jonathan our patreon link patreon.com forward slash football babble and 
don't forget to give us a wee rating as well, please. Thank you very much. Yes, please do give us a rating on your apps. And if you can, donate and join our Patreon. It's only £1 a month plus fat. That is literally nothing, but it'll help us so much. And thanks to everyone who already has contributed. We really appreciate it. And if you're a listener and you enjoy the podcast, tell your mates. Be really sound. Folks, enjoy the rest of the weekend and all the week's football and the weekend's football. And we'll see you again on Monday evening. Good luck.